You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. So welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown. And today we have a very interesting guy by the name of Peter Scott IV. He's an upcoming author. His book is launching next month. So you got to get your hands on that. And uh, he runs a blog by the name of Design a Fearless Life. He's inspiring you to overcome your deepest fears to transform a mundane existence into a badass life. So Peter Scott IV, I am so excited to have you on this show. Welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Joel, thank you for having me. It's a it's a sincere pleasure to be on here and talking with you. Excellent, man. Excellent. We have a lot of mutual friends. It looks like we roll in similar circles. And um, I came across you through like a Facebook profile. Somebody uh, shared one of your videos. And what you were saying really resonated with me. And you were talking on the topic of uh, having fear of uncertainty. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, this is like one of their um, the main traits is actually to laugh in the face of uncertainty and and really go in and, and love taking the risks and really you know facing a challenge so what's your take on uh, fear of the uncertainty i mean that right there joel fear of the uncertainty is such a common thing as you said with entrepreneurs i think that's the biggest constraint and the biggest obstacle of people that want to start a business or have a message inside of them and want to share it with the world but they're afraid of not knowing what to do, not knowing what the next step is. And man, I battled with this for years, for years. And I think a a lot of people do. And what I learned through the process was that certainty is a result. It's not a requirement. In other words, when you think about building a business, right, as you're building Addicted to Success, which has become a huge success, Joel, you had no idea what it is to do, like when you started it, did you realize that you could have built it into this uh, when you first started your business? No, and I think it would have scared the crap out of me if yeah. I uh, thought it was gonna be this big straight away. I think you need to go through the process, right, to grow with it. That's exactly right. You have to go through the process. You have to take the action, and every step you take towards a vision that you may feel in the moment is overwhelming becomes more and more realistic. So it's like getting clear on this huge outcome that you have or this huge vision that you have, and then just being committed to taking the next step forward and taking that next action, knowing that over time through the process of taking action, uncertainty begins to disappear. So there's a certain point where I don't think no matter what level of success you're at in business, you're always going to have a feeling of uncertainty. It's being more committed to whatever it is that you're building or creating than it is to letting the fear of not knowing what to do next control you. Yeah, no, that is a great point. What was your take on fear of public speaking? Mm-hmm. this is a huge one right this is this is what like a lot of people I think it's like the number one or number two most feared 
activity or fear thing to do in, in life for a lot of people is public speaking. Literally the number one fear, which is kind of crazy. You think of, you know, think you, you would think that people would fear death more than something like public speaking, but it's actually public speaking is a number one fear. And I had just interviewed um, a speaking coach, actually a guy named Roberto Monaco on my uh, podcast and, and, and for the book that I'm releasing about this subject, because I've experienced fear around public speaking for many, many years. And the big distinction is this, and this is actually through, um, I learned from another mentor who I believe you interviewed, Joel. Did you interview Sean Stevenson? Yes, I did. Yeah, I interviewed Sean. Yeah. Great guy. So Sean's a total badass. He's one of my best friends. Um, he had his speaking event recently and I went to it. And what he did was this. He asked the audience to stand up, you know, somebody to raise their hand who had a huge fear of public speaking. Okay. And this woman raised her hand. She went up on stage. And what Sean did is he asked the audience, he asked for 10 people to come up to the mic and share with her, the person who had a lot of fear around public speaking, what the biggest pain or fear is in the in their life currently that they're struggling with and not a surface level thing like I want to make more money or something like that but something so personal like I was just diagnosed with cancer or I'm going through a divorce or I'm, I'm filing a bankruptcy all of these things right and as this woman heard each person in the audience share this her fear began began to disappear and the reason is because she became more empathetic she felt more love for the audience and who she was sharing her message to than she did the fear that she felt about herself that's the thing about public speaking man is that we we get so focused on what we say how we should look are we doing the right thing when we stop that when we focus solely on the audience of who we're talking to and who we're creating value for it becomes about them not about you and that's the biggest distinction and the biggest breakthrough that i've made yeah that is great and you know i've i've done quite a few keynotes and i've got up and spoke to pretty big crowds right and and so, i kind of struggle with it to begin with i i'm the type of person where like i had the fear but i do it anyway but i feel like yep. if you have some sort of a structure that you know you know your speech has to be based in just kind of like a just a quick basic structure but then actually realize that, you know, you've got to get out of your head and also that it's not about you, it's about the crowd, it's about them, like how much value they're getting. So focus on that rather than actually, you know, or how I'm saying this word or if I miss something out, you know, people get so worried. And the worst thing you can do is actually try and learn it word by word, right? That's exactly right. And I, I did that for years. When I started, I remember feeling so much fear that I said, okay, maybe if I just memorize what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. then I will feel more comfortable. The problem with that is when you do that, you become so attached to what you're going to say next. And you, if you forget a word, you freeze. Have you ever experienced that? I know I did when I started. And so instead of doing that, my advice would be framework the stories that you're going to tell, the points or lessons that you want to make, the actions that you want the audience to take for participation. When you get very clear on that, rehearse your personal story and realize what you're doing when you're speaking is you're storytelling. You're, you're moving the listener through this emotional experience. And what we feel emotionally is what leads us to action. So when you do that and become attached to 
all the, you know, saying the right words and things like that, you transfer more emotion, you create more value, and you lead whoever's listening to you to take the action necessary to create the most value in their life. So yes, change your focus from from you, the speaker, to the audience. Um, another one is let go of the fear of rejection. Like that's a big thing that stopped me, and I know stops a lot of people. Is what if you know somebody disapprove dis, you know, doesn't agree with my with what I'm saying? The the reality is that not everyone's going to, mm-hmm. right? And not only is not everyone going to, but if you let that fear stop you, then you're not going to have the impact on somebody who's who needs to hear your message. So it's letting go of that, and the final thing is just rehearsing, is practicing, you know. Um, the guy that I just interviewed one year, Joel, he gave over 400 talks in a year, Wow! like 400 speeches. Now he was in a Tony Robbins organization. He was mentored by Tony Robbins. So he was doing three to four talks a day at a certain point. And he said that he still will rehearse seven times before he goes on stage. And this is after I think about 15 years of coaching or of speaking at that level. Far out. Yeah, yeah, that is craziness. Yeah, because when you get to that level, I feel like it's more than just what you're saying. It's about where you're moving on the stage, when you have your pauses, like if you really want to get technical with it, right? And when you see yep. those guys, you're like, wow, it's like Toastmasters, right? They get up those those um, Toastmaster competitions and that, like the world Toastmaster yep. comps. Those guys have just like, it's almost become this unconscious behavior, right? It's like forming a habit. And we're going to get into that because I know you love talking about habits and, and, and yep. goals, right? So um, yeah, I feel like it's it, they've created this unconscious habit of where they get up and they almost like have this out-of-body experience where they know exactly where they have to be on the stage at that point, where they're little like, if it's a half a second break between words or a second break for the crowd to kind of catch up. Yeah, there's there's so much to it when you get to that kind of international elite level. That's exactly right. And, and one thing I just want to leave with the listener about that is that this is a principle that applies for every area of our life. But success, um, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So, so to see somebody like, let's say, Sean Stevenson, right, or Tony Robbins, or um, you know, some of the most incredible speakers you can imagine, they didn't start there. They started where you and I and the listener started, right? And they just became so committed to mastering their craft through their commitment that conscious competence became unconscious to where it looks effortless. And in a way, after you know maybe 10 years of doing it, it, it is becoming unconscious and they don't even think about it. It kind of comes through them, but they had to put in the work to do that. So that applies for something that you want to do in business. That applies for changes you want to make in your body. Fitness is a huge passion of mine. And there's so many things out there that promise overnight, you know, huge transformations that aren't lasting. What you really need to do is put in the work and practice and do the right things every single day, day after day, in order to achieve those results that you want. Yeah, great point. You almost have to become it. It's not just about getting success. It's about being success. Is it becoming that? Yes, absolutely. I have uh, one thing I coach my clients on is I say, um, focus on becoming, on being fitness versus doing fitness. Fitness, you know, exercise isn't something that I do. It's some, it's, it's who I am. It's literally just a part of my DNA. Like, I don't care where I am in the world, Joel, or, or what I'm doing, how busy I am. I, my commitment is to sweat every single day. 
It's to be in motion every single day. It doesn't mean that I can, you know, put in maybe 60 minutes into a CrossFit workout or go on a two hour run. But my commitment is to be in motion every single day, no matter what else comes up. And, and that's what yields results. Excellent, man. Excellent. I believe that thoroughly as well. See, what I've found as well is that exercise and keeping fit is one of the top millionaire habits. It's in there. There's like three of them, but that's that's like one of them that is so important is that a lot of these successful people, they understand that they also need to uh, wake their body up and and focus on, you know, doing something for their body as well as their mind. So what would you say is like one of the best ways to stick to your fitness habits? Because I think a lot of people out there right now are struggling with this. They're getting a little bit lazy. They're, they're hanging out on Facebook a little bit too much. Yeah, what yep. would your advice be for uh, creating new fitness habits? Okay, number one, I would say make fitness fun. Mm. Make it fun. You know, a lot of people will say go to the gym, right? And this is the time of year. The timing of this is perfect, Joel, right? New Year's resolutions are coming up. Um, every time in January, the first couple of weeks, the gyms are packed, right? And what people will do often is, is maybe hire a personal trainer and the personal trainer will uncover what your goals are that you want to achieve and then hand you a recipe and say, just go do this and you'll get results. If a personal trainer handed me, for example, a routine where I had to run on a treadmill every single day, I don't care how great the results are that I would get from it. I would never stay committed to it because I don't find that fun. I don't find it enjoyable. So number one is Figure out what you what is enjoyable and fun to you about fitness. Is it variety? Is it working out with friends? Is it playing sports? Is it being outside? I live in San Diego, so I've, I'm fortunate in that I can go surfing and I can go rock climbing the same day. I, you know, I live around a place where a lot of people are active, and so I have consciously connected with people that have a passion for health and fitness and we do things that we both find as fun and that's the biggest thing number one um number two is have somebody to hold you accountable like make a public declaration about what your goals are and either hire a coach or a mentor or onboard some friends into an accountability group so that not only are you holding yourself to that standard, but you become so committed because you don't want to let other people down that are expecting you to follow through on your commitments. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, accountability is such a huge thing. You know, I speak to a lot of people that where they uh, actually have like life coaches, right? Yep. They go out and they pay these coaches sometimes 500 a month, 1,000 a month. A pretty high high ticket price right yep and and essentially what they're saying as well to me is that like a lot of these coaches they give them like a little strategy but but the most important part of the coaching is the accountability so them chasing up you know the, the that that week later or two weeks later going have you done this have you stuck to your strategy what have you done this week and just having someone there that's going to kind of be on their back and push them towards their their goals because in the beginning i think it is a little bit like that you need someone there until yep. it does become a habit it, that's exactly right. And the important thing about accountability is whatever you choose to do, if it's with friends or with a coach, always track and measure. Um, I think it's Pearson's law that says what gets tracked grows, what gets tracked and measured grows exponentially. So what I do is I have clients of mine literally have a, have a sheet, right? A snapshot of what their daily actions and habits are. Could be fitness, 
could be something related to nutrition, meditation, whatever it is, and I have them track that and report that every single day. And for the person that says, oh, I'm a free spirit, that's too much structure, listen, structure creates freedom. That's why I do this because if I can get somebody to commit to following through on these habits, I know that they're going to have more energy, more focus, more confidence, and they're going to create more value in their business, make more money because of all, the, all of these benefits, right? So when you wake up and start your day, and let's say you take the first two hours of your day to create this morning ritual where you put you first, right? Not the emails that you have to respond to, not the phone calls or voicemails that you have to return. It's just you first so that you start your day in power and in certainty and you get more done in less time. You literally compress time so that you can have more freedom in your life. That's the big thing that I love about structure is it creates freedom. Mm. How do you move your clients away from procrastination? I think that's the biggest like there needs to be a procrastination uh, cure out there somewhere because that's probably one of the biggest things that holds us back too. Absolutely it is. Um, the biggest problem with procrastination procrastination Joel is that it stems from a, an, a, an attachment to perfection. So people don't get started because they are are afraid that they will not reach their perfect outcome. Okay. So let me give you an example of that. Let's say that you want to launch um, a podcast. Let's say this is a, you know, you're, you're just talking to me, you're a friend of mine, Joel, and you're telling me about the idea of addicted to success and you're really excited about launching it. Right. But you have never led a podcast before. You've never interviewed somebody. You don't know what tools to use. You don't know what questions to ask. And so you get so attached to becoming perfect that you never get in the game. You never launch it. You never get started. This happens in every area of our life. So what I say is, I call this an 80% principle, is commit to getting something 80% of the way perfect. Okay, so whatever your idea of perfection is, or, or whatever your finished product is, let's say for the entrepreneurs listening, say, say you wanna launch a product and you um, have a, a vision of what complete looks like. Commit to getting it 80% of the way done and then ship it, ship version one. Then go back and complete the remaining 20%, another 80%, which is about 16%. So after two versions, you've got 96% of it done and you've already gotten it into the marketplace. So it's like letting go of that attachment to perfection so that you get in the game and don't continue to procrastinate because if you've got something of value inside of you, it's your duty to share it with the world. It's a disservice if you let procrastination stop you. Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people don't understand. It's just getting the skin in the game, right? That's the thing. You just got to get yep. into it. Yeah, it's funny. I know a lot of entrepreneurs where they have this uh, mindset of, you know, the mentality of ready, shoot, aim. <laughs> you know, they, they, yes. they put out their course. Yes. They, don't, they haven't even put the material together, but they just put it out there. And they're like, all right, let's see you know, how many people we can get on board. Let's, let's just get this rolling. So then when they start getting the orders through, damn, they have to go ahead right now and put this course together right now. So, um, Totally. It makes them committed. Yeah. And it's also smart market research, right? Because I, I, I've known many entrepreneurs and, and coaches and people that have put in hours and, 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 you know, 
tons of time, tons of money into creating something, and then and then finally putting it out to the marketplace when it's finished and realizing there's really not a demand for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and people could waste a lot of money as well, right? Advertising, yep, you absolutely. not knowing, you know, what the return is going to be, how that, how it's going to convert. Yeah, so it's definitely a good good strategy, good tactic. Yeah, testing, what you're talking about right there is testing. You want to test everything. This applies for health and fitness too. Mm. There is no one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to fitness or nutrition. So, you know, take some time to clarify what your outcome is that you want and look at what the daily actions and habits are that you need to commit to and then track your progress and test it. And if, you know, two weeks in you're not seeing it, then then change change what you're doing change what you're doing to make sure you start getting the output the results that you want to yeah and what would you say is the best way to approach you you know your workout routine like if you're just getting into the gym what's the best way to approach it if you want to let's say gain six kilos of uh sorry we're talking pounds here because you're in america right that's okay if you're like 12 or 13 pounds of muscle like lean muscle or you want to lose 20 pounds i mean what what is the mindset should you go in with uh the mindset of like let's go baby steps or should we go for the bigger vision or like what, what would you recommend Great question. So let's say that um, you want to lose 15 pounds, okay, or gain 15 pounds. What I what I recommend is instead of focusing on those 50, let's say you want to lose 15 pounds in 90 days, okay, or gain 15 pounds in 90 days. Instead of focusing on those 15 pounds, anytime you set a goal, Joel, and this is really valuable for for anything related to success. Anytime you set a goal. You want to break it down into something that's very achievable and not far away. So let's say that you set a goal for um, where you want addicted to success to be 12 months from now. What I'd advise you to do is take that 12-month goal, which may seem really overwhelming and far away right now, and break that down into 90-day, 60-day, and 30-day benchmarks. And then just focus on what you need to get done in the next 30 days. So if your goal is to lose 15 pounds, then your 30-day benchmark is to lose five pounds. Now that's achievable. That's totally doable, right? That's not scary. And then you look at, okay, what do you need to do on the fitness side and then on the nutrition side in order to lose those five pounds? So it is, it, it's not easy, but it's very simple when you take bigger goals and break them down into smaller benchmarks and from there, funnel those benchmarks into daily actions and habits. When you're clear, when you wake up in the morning and know exactly what you need to do that day to move towards your goal, there's nothing that can stop you. Yeah, 100%. I think Tony Robbins calls that chunking, right? When you chunk. He may. I haven't haven't heard it from him, but that's exactly what it is. Um, And surprisingly, you know, a lot of people may know to do that or may have heard of that term, but they don't actually do it. Mm -hmm. So it's really making the commitment as – you know, with the timing of this interview as well, as you look at New Year's resolutions and goal setting and things like that, yes, I want you to dream big. I want you to look at really what are the huge things you want to accomplish and create in 2015, but really, what are you committed to doing in the first 90 days and then within that first month of the year? Yeah, yeah, no, great advice. Thank you, Peter. You're awesome. welcome. So can you tell us a little bit about your soon-to-be-released book? What can we expect from your book there? Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. Well, the title of the book, Joel, is called The Fearless Mindset. The Entrepreneur's Guide to Get Fit in Less Time, Double Your Income, and Become Unstoppable. 
So just a little bit background on me. The reason why I decided to write a book on a fearless mindset is because I've dedicated a significant amount of time in the last few years of really diving deep into my fears because I know that anything that I didn't accomplish was because of my fears, my doubts, my limiting beliefs. And I also know that a lot of fears aren't real. There's, there's, you know, rational fears, which is like, you know, you shouldn't jump out of a plane without a parachute. That's a rational fear. If you do that, you'll die. But the fear of public speaking, for example, is an irrational fear. It doesn't make sense. Rational fears keep you alive. Irrational fears keep you from living. So I've been on this journey of overcoming my fears. And I noticed when I started committing to daily habits and rituals, I became more confident and more certain and more courageous, which has allowed me to do the things that used to keep me stuck that would scare me. So it's, it's, it's a deep dive into how to create a fearless mindset. And when I say fearless, I don't mean without fear. I don't think you can ever be without fear. What I mean is creating power in your life so that you're so courageous you do the things despite the fears that you're feeling. And it focuses on health and fitness, how that looks like there. It focuses on how it looks, what that looks like in your business, on what your habits and, and rituals should be. Um, through the writing of this book, Joel, I've, I've interviewed highly, highly successful entrepreneurs um, and featured their insights in this book. And it's going to be really a action plan. So what I want the reader to do is when they read this, I want them to be able to immediately implement and start having these things that they can take action on in their life, which they will. Yeah, wonderful. I love that advice. Thank you, Peter. You said that you interview like a lot of entrepreneurs to then write your book. What are you looking for when you interview those entrepreneurs? Is it a specific line of advice or is it something that triggers off an idea and you branch off that? Or is it just simply like a phrase or something that they've actually said that you include in your book? I mean, how does that work, that process? Mm, Good question. Well, the way that I, 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 number one, pick the entrepreneurs is that I interview entrepreneurs that are not only successful financially and have been successful in business, but are also in great shape, are in their peak physical health, have great relationships, and really have literally just an extraordinary life. And the reason is because it's easy to be one-dimensional. It's easy to be out of balance. That's what most people are today. And so I really look at the people that I know or that I've been following and say, wow, this person's not only built an incredible business, but they're also an incredible father to their kids and they're in great shape. Like, what is their secret? How do they do that? They don't have more time than you or I have or the listener has, but they, they do something different. They view the world differently. And so I ask them about that. I ask them about what their habits and rituals are. I ask them if they feel fear and how they handle fear. Um, from all walks of life, I've, I've interviewed financial experts. Um, Sean Stevenson is featured in the book. I've interviewed a, a billionaire who, who founded a, a huge personal development company but is a serial entrepreneur and has launched, I think, 18 businesses at this point. Wow. So all different walks of life, but these are – a very select few, like they're the, you know, you think of the 1% you think of income immediately, right? But not only are these people successful, but they have a life that I want to live, that I aspire to create for myself. That's what, that's, that's really what leads me to, uh, to seek these people out. 
Yeah, that's great, man. I've got to check out your podcast. What is your podcast? What's the name of it? So it's called The Fearless Mindset. Um, and same thing as the book. And uh, you can look at that at The Fearless Mind. You can actually get the book too at thefearlessmindset.com. There you go. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome, man. And uh, what would you say has been the best advice that you've received from interviewing hundreds of these entrepreneurs? Like the real standout. That is such a great question. (laughs) Let me think about this. I love mining for advice, like just digging deep. Yeah, so do I. Where can we get the best advice from? You know, that that key turnaround takeaway. The best advice that I've ever gotten through this is I interviewed a man and I asked about, um, about achieving goals, achieving big, big results. And he said something very simple, um, but it was very profound. And that was this, you don't get what you want. You don't get what you think you deserve. You get what you are committed to. Wow. And what that means to me is that there's so many things that you and I want to accomplish. But until we make the commitment to doing the work, to taking the action, despite our fears, despite our doubts, despite our procrastination, until we do that, it's not going to be brought into reality. And he said, what you want to do is when you become committed, surround yourself with highly committed people. Associate yourself with people that have created what you want to create. Call them, ask them questions. Like stay in that conversation as long as possible. We've all heard Jim Rohn say you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. But becoming committed and associating yourself with those types of people, you begin to view the world differently and you begin to look at like it doesn't matter what you feel like doing, you know, it doesn't, it's like you are your word, you get clear on what you want and you take the action necessary to do it. And hearing that, it was just such a powerful shift for me in terms of just surface level wanting something, Joel, and then actually being committed to doing the work. Yeah, no, that's powerful advice. And it comes back to that, um, keeping your highest standard, right? Keeping yourself around people that expect more from you and, and people that, I guess, make you feel like you need to step your game up and lift your game even to be in their presence. That's exactly right. Yep. Beautiful, Peter. So we're getting to the end of this interview. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what is what is the number one or even two top two books that you feel have had the most impact on in your life? Mm, great question. The number one book was the first book that I read um, in kind of the self-help personal development, you know, realm. And that was Think and Grow Rich. Um, I, it's Napoleon Hill. So that's a book that probably has, I'm sure that book has that been suggested before on this podcast. You know, what? it's been suggested a ton of times. I figured that, yeah. <laughs> that was a shift for me. I was at the time, I was an investment banker. Um, I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And just the timing of where I was at in my life, um, it led me to, to make a huge career change and become so committed about my purpose and, um, and have that burning desire. And so that was a number one. The second one um, is a book that may not have been mentioned that often, and that is Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Have you read that? 
No, I haven't heard of that. I've heard of Ayn Rand, though. I I haven't read the book, though. Yeah, Atlas Atlas Shrugged is a tremendous book. It's um, it's enormous, number one. So it's a big commitment. And uh, there was a study that asked, I think it, it was like the top 10 most influential or most read books in history. And Atlas Shrugged was number two behind the Bible. So it wow. is a very powerful uh, book about being a producer, about living at cause instead of effect, and taking self-responsibility for your life. Uh, you can learn about philosophy and politics and you know economics in this book, um, but it, it really teaches a producer mindset of, okay, it is my responsibility to create an epic life um, with the short time that I have. It's not somebody else's, and I'm not going to depend on anyone else. I'm going to do this um, through my own commitment, and uh, I highly recommend that book, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Yep. Two great books. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. And the last question we have for you is, and we always end the interviews with this. I love this question here. We get great answers all the time from this. So no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would you, that last 30 seconds sound like you are the decision maker at the center of your own existence you are responsible for creating the results that you want and the more clear that you get the more committed you become the more addicted to success you become the bigger results that you're going to create and nothing will stop you. There will be obstacles. There will be fears, but your courage and your confidence and your certainty is what's going to push you to do the things that scare you and create the results that very few people will ever have. That's it. (laughs) Excellent. I love it, Peter. Excellent. Great question, Joel. That is badass. I love that. Thank you, man. It kind of, it puts some people on the spot, but um, but yeah, we we always we get great answers, man, because it's that kind of that. It doesn't even have to be thirty seconds, but it's it's really getting people to dig deep and pull out like what they really believe, like their philosophy, yes. you know. And um, no, it's great. You you really uh left us with a really good one. So, thank you so much, man. So uh, yeah, we just wrapped up this interview. Thank you for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast, there, Peter, and uh, for all the Addicted to Success listeners. Make sure that you check out Peter Scott the Fourth's book, The Fearless Mindset, which will release. Uh, when is that, Peter? What that date? That will be released uh, the end of January right now. So I will. Um, yeah, if you just put thefearlessmindset.com, they can get a, a copy and also get on the early bird list there and get a bunch of free bonuses there. There you go. Pick it up. Don't be a sucker. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, and uh, don't forget to rate and review the Addicted to Success podcast if you're on iTunes and Stitcher. And thank you so much for tuning in today and uh, have a kick-ass week.